to Confessions of History Geeks, a Museum of North Idaho podcast. For over 50 years, the museum has collected, preserved, and interpreted the history of North Idaho. Confessions of History Geeks is recorded in the historic J.C. White House, which is currently being remodeled, and is brought to you by a grant from the Idaho Humanities Council. Special thanks goes to James Supp of Coronado Trading Company for assistance with this podcast. The Museum of North Idaho is a nonprofit that appreciates its members, donors, and community for their support. Enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Sarah Jane Ruggles. I am a public historian and an instructor of U.S. history at North Idaho College. February is Black History Month, and the Museum of North Idaho is celebrating this month by discussing the history of African Americans in North Idaho and the Northwest. Today, I am honored to have as my guest, Mr. Robert Singletary, who is the official historian uh, for the Museum of North Idaho. And today we're going to be talking about the history of the Buffalo Soldiers in our region. So thank you very much for being with us and for talking about the fun history. So I think we'll probably start by talking about uh, who these soldiers were and um, what role they played in Taming the West. You know, if, if I may... You know, being a historian and sort of look at the background of how things got to where that the subject, because we're talking really about black soldiers serving the United States military. And this is nothing new, uh, because black soldiers were involved in almost every one of the wars that, that was involving the United States. Now, not as official soldiers quite often, but... But they were serving in, in the Civil War on both sides. And so, so we have black um, people, men, being involved in American military, even though they were not official. The first official uh, black soldiers came about almost, well, one year after the Civil War ended. The Civil War ended in 1865, we think although it continued right on in many different ways, uh, rather than the battlefield, mm -hmm. which involved, in, in, in many cases, the black people were involved in that. But the first official black uh, regiment soldiers in the United States Army uh, came about in 1980, excuse me, in 1886, right, right after the Civil War. And they were stationed in a, a fort, military fort in Kansas. And it's really interesting because you mentioned the word buffalo soldiers. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, really, that's really kind of interesting as to why were they called buffalo soldiers. And by, by the time the West was being explored and discovered, and states were being pushed further and further west, are the, the people that became a stumbling block to that were the Native Americans. And so it's really interesting because a lot of the Buffalo soldiers uh, were assigned to fight in many of these battles involving the Native Americans. And that's really 
where when the the name buffalo was really interesting, and it was given to them by Native Americans. Oh. And when you think about it, uh, if you if you ever looked up close at a buffalo, right between their horns, there's a little bit of hair that's very short, very kinky, mm-hmm. looks very much like the hair of Native Americans or, or African Americans. And so that's where the name started because the Indians were referring to, referred to them as when when they were beginning to come out west, the hmm. black soldiers got the nickname Buffalo Soldiers from the Indians. Oh wow wow. It is. And and so that nickname sort of stuck and they they didn't object to that. And actually starting from that point right on uh, we've had, these were soldiers, nicknamed Buffalo Soldiers, um, that were all over the West, and, and, in, many, and in many cases. And so, so almost, they, they cost, what they basically did, they're, they're mostly uh, cavalrymen that rode where they went, they were on horseback. And so many times they were doing mop-up jobs of various kinds of details and various things that this that the white soldiers were involved in but they they often and it's really interesting because many of the buffalo soldiers the black soldiers um they were they were not looked upon the native americans well, let's put it this way. They were looked upon the Native Americans as being different than white soldiers because Native Americans had a dark skin, not as dark as the, as the buffalo soldiers, but they, they, had, they had a kind of a, I'm not sure what the feeling was, but, but, but they, um, they, they accepted in many cases those so-called buffalo soldiers because of their skin color. And so it was really interesting how how they became a part of uh, our Western culture, and I, I might add to this: it was it was more than just um, Buffalo soldiers in the military. It, as a side note, we might also entering and say that the blacks. It's really interesting. Who were most of the cowboys that came out west and that was actually were hired by these big battle, uh, uh, cattle companies mm-hmm. were black cowboys. Right. Yes. And so, 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 so the blacks played a very important role mm-hmm. in the military and also as cowboys and workers of, of various sorts. When it was, that was a, a pretty... Interesting option for African Americans based on U.S. history to to escape how how Reconstruction had kind of failed them in the South, right? Yes. For them to come out and have this no fences uh, occupation. That's at, right. In 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 the United States, still. But I mean, it was also right after the Civil War. Many many of the uh, blacks found it difficult to go back 
where, where did they have to go? Slavery was over by that particular time. Official slavery was over. Right. And so what did the black men particularly do? And so they could join the military. Right. So it was it was a it was an interesting our whole culture has been very it's it's very interesting how blacks have played a role in almost every aspect of our culture from from American Revolution running up to the time we're talking about. Right. So the black soldiers played an extremely important role. Now the role that they played in North Idaho, uh, the 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 first infantry, as I mentioned earlier, was uh, put together in Kansas. Uh, it was the 10th Infantry, and then there was the 9th, and there were several other infantries by, by, by number. But the one that played a significant role right here in our own area was the 25th Infantry mm-hmm. uh, of black soldiers. And basically, they were stationed, they, their first station was actually over in Fort Spokane. And they were billeted there. But what what they were really used for in our area was in 1910, we had one of the worst fires, forest fires, in the history of this area. It was it was gigantic, and it took place mostly over in the Montana area, but it also got into Idaho also. Right. So what what they were used for, the black soldiers were used in to fight and to help organize, and they did a terrific job. They should be given medals of honor for what they did to help us fight that 1910 fire, which was a huge, it was really unbelievable. It's hard for us to realize how much of the West, of this part of the West was burning. Right, how devastating it was. It was very devastating. And, and they, played, they played a major role in the 1910 fire. And where they were first stationed, where we have to billet them, and since they, we, integration was still you know, a, a problem in this country, um, they basically were stationed first at uh, Fort Wright in Spokane. Okay. And then we had a military fort <clears throat> in Kirtland called Fort Sherman. But Fort Sherman had been abandoned early in the 1900s, 1901, I think. And so there was no longer any soldiers left. But the fort was still there. And so I think you showed me a picture of a black soldier standing in front of a fort that says Fort Sherman. Mm -hmm. Well, they weren't really stationed at Fort Sherman because it was only white soldiers that were stationed at Fort Sherman from 1878 to 1898, or a few years after that. Mm-hmm. So, so the people when people see that uh, black soldier standing in front of the gate at Fort Sherman, they all automatically assume that they were stationed at Fort Sherman, but that's not true. So, so they were there. They used, um, how did they get the black soldiers from uh, Spokane? to Fort Sherman here in Coeur d'Alene to the forest fires over in Montana. And so they basically stayed in and they camped out on the grounds of Fort Sherman 
And those photos that you see of Fort Sherman, the gate, Fort Sherman in the background, that's when those photos were taken. When they were billeted at Fort Sherman before they were, they were taken up to, uh, to fight the fires. Well, how did they get into the Silver Valley? Because by that time, was, you know, the roads, the highways that we now take to go to the Silver Valley were not there. Right. They and, were much more treacherous at that time. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, how did they get into uh, Wallace and Kellogg and the Silver Valley that we mm -hmm. know today? How did they get there? Like everybody else did, by steamboat. And so steamboats were big in 1910. 1910 was sort of the, the height of steamboating in, in, uh, in this area, North Idaho. So that is basically, that is basically how, they, uh, how they got the troops into Wallace uh, and then on into the, to fighting the forest fires. We've got photos at the museum of um, black soldiers uh, in, on horseback uh, riding through the streets of Wallace. Now, I don't know if, if this is really true or not, but it, it's been said that probably the most prejudiced against black people in North Idaho was Wallace. Really? And, and that may be the reason why, because you had black people sleeping in tents in Wallace before they went on into the fire, 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 fire fires. And they were parading in the streets. They were on the horseback. Uh, and, and so, so we, we don't really know this for sure. It's one of those anecdotal kind of things about history that we, we really don't have factual knowledge mm -hmm. about this, but it, it could very well be. Now, when you say parading in the street, mm -hmm. are you saying that they are on horseback as merely a, um, a commute through Wallace to their final destination? Yes, it was. It was some right so okay. it was through some of the through the members through the uh, before they actually got into. But anyway, the big the big issue was that that we do have uh, black soldiers fighting the 1910 fire. Mm -hmm. Very important to the 1910 fire. Wow. And we actually do have an uh, oral history coming up that we're going to be doing. A, our next podcast will be a dramatic reading of an oral history of a gentleman during this time uh, named Eugene Settle, who lived down in Moscow. And it, it's interesting that you bring up the, the topic of prejudice because I was really um, taken aback by his oral history, mm -hmm. and it struck me when his interviewer, who interviewed him back in 1975, right. talked about, asked him many times, what kind of prejudice did you experience, right. you know, living out on, on the Palouse? And he, he, his answers were surprising in, in the sense that he said, you know, I really didn't. He said, I, I, we were agrarian people. We lived off the land. My dad had a farm. And he said, if I was... If we were dependent on a boss in town, uh, that might have been different. But we right. lived off of our own land, and, and no one treated us any different. And it, this is during the same time. He was a World War I soldier, and right. he said that the first time he experienced segregation was 
when he was abroad fighting in it's France. It's really interesting, and, and it brings up to my mind a gentleman that I became good friends with, and he was just an outstanding person. And his name was Vernon Baker. And Vernon Baker moved into this area. He was a professional soldier. And uh, he moved into this area. I think he moved down near St. Mary's. And uh, he, he came to me when I was teaching at North Idaho College at that particular time and was wanting to know. Um, he'd heard stories about how there was some prejudice in this area against blacks. And uh, so it was really interesting because I said, you know, and, and then he said, I was, I was telling him that, uh, the whole story about the Buffalo Soldiers and uh, the importance they played in American history. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, I am a Buffalo Soldier. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and, and it was so crazy. And I said, he said, well, not for real. But anyway, I, at that particular time, I was doing some uh, reenactment. And, and one of the things that I was doing, I, I was doing a reenactment of uh, basically Fort Sherman. And I was, I was uh, and I said, my, my outfit is uh, of the Fort Sherman era. And so I have a, the complete military outfit for that I do for Fort Sherman. Right. And anyway, he he, uh, we talked more and more, and then one day I some I would say, well, look, why don't why don't you? I I would really like to have you do one of my programs because I was doing programs at the at the library at that particular time, and I said I'd love to have you come in, and let's do a program on the Buffalo Soldiers. And he said, I would love to do that. Now, at that particular time, I had not seen him. I had only seen him in civilian clothes. Mm -hmm. Well, he showed up for the program that I was uh, actually, I, I was the moderator of the program. <laughs> he came dressed up in his black soldier, buffalo soldier outfit. Really? It was a cavalry. I mean, it was, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, he just looked the part. Came wow. with his sword, the whole, the whole thing. So Vernon, Vernon was a, a real hit in this area, but he was still very concerned about how he would be treated uh, in this area. So, so there has been a sort of a history uh, of of prejudice against uh, not only just blacks but Native Americans and, and others too. But right. But he was very he was very concerned about that. But Vernon, I must admit, he he, we became extremely good friends, and I've never met a more gentle, well-spoken, uh, uh, person than Vernon Baker. Mm -hmm. He was just absolutely incredible. Wow. He's passed on now, and it's what's great about Vernon, and what's great about your memories of him, is that he gets to live on, and and his story is now part of our story and what we're doing today. And I, I think he would honor that. Thank you for bringing that up. And thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. I've heard wonderful stories about a woman named Aunt Dinah at Fort Sherman. And I'm wondering if you would be able to tell me a little bit about her. I really would, except there is not a lot to tell you about Aunt Dinah. Because we she, she appeared, we have a photo of Aunt Dinah. Uh, 
in our museum, and it was taken during the Fort Sherman years. And we think from what we can gather is that she was the laundress, did the, did the clothes for the men, and, and we think she, we don't know really where she did them. She did them down on the lake shore or where, but we, we do have a picture, probably one of the very first pictures of a black person taken in this area. And this is at the turn of the 20th century, or? It was during the 18, 18, um, 80, during the time of Fort Sherman, eight, wow. 1880s and 90s. And was that a prestigious line of work for, for a woman of any class yes. or race? Yes. Once, you know, once the Civil War was over, as you well know, there was a horrific period in the, in the South called Reconstruction Era, mm -hmm. and where many of the, the black slaves went back they were no longer slaves, and so where did they go? Where did they would do for a job? Many of them were not trained, particularly right. the women. Right. And so where do you get a job? Out west, blacks, cowboys, and women worked uh, domestics and uh, right. did did laundries for people. Yeah, your options were limited your in the south. Your options were very limited, mm -hmm. and and so we we do have of a picture of Aunt Dinah that we don't know her last name. They just called her Aunt Dinah. Now, I had heard a rumor that she was married to one of the soldiers. Do you think that's... That's not true. That's she not true? Not have, okay. They were, I can tell you that for sure. All right, we are debunking soldiers, history here, people. All the soldiers were white soldiers, mm -hmm. and she would not have been married to any of those. Uh, all right. Not very likely. So it's, it's, it's actually a mystery. Aunt Dinah, Aunt Dinah... Mm -hmm. Is I you know I hate to admit it, I I don't know something about the history there, but I just don't know. None of us know anything about where she came from or where she went. Well, I'm sure she was a a treasured person amongst these these men who needed she a clean was. coat and some britches. So yes, and so if if anybody. If any of our listeners are interested in learning more about the Buffalo Soldiers, they can always look up the book that you can find uh, at the museum's website and also at the museum's store. It's called Up the Swift Water, a pictorial history of the colorful Upper St. Joe River country. And it was written by David Aselson and Sandra Crowell. And so that is available online or, or if you pop by the museum when, when we're all able. <laughs> uh, but we, we really do appreciate you coming today and we really appreciate your time and your amazing knowledge of our local history. It's well, fascinating. Could, could I make a plug? Uh, yeah. <laughs> plug away. <laughs> it, it just so happened that just before Christmas back in, back in November, uh, I, write, I wrote and researched uh, really, I think the only comprehensive history book of Coeur d'Alene, and, and uh, that was uh, published by the Museum of North Idaho. Wow. And uh, it's on sale at most bookstores. And so just like, the, you know, if you're interested in the history of Coeur d'Alene, we, we go all the way back to the beginning. Is that the title of it, the history of Coeur d'Alene, or uh, what's the, the title? It's called Coeur d'Alene, Beautiful and Progressive. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs>
That's fascinating. Well, well, I will definitely be a reader of that. That's for sure. So just thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. And I've learned a lot. And I know our listeners have too. So thank you very thank much. Thank you. So this has been uh, the Confessions of History Geeks podcast. I am Sarah Jane Ruggles. And I want to thank our featured guest today, Mr. Robert Singletary of the Museum of North Idaho. Thank you for tuning in to Confessions of History Geeks, a Museum of North Idaho podcast where history is brought to life by the curators of the stories and culture of North Idaho. Visit the museum's website at www.museumni.org for articles about our area's history and for ways you can help us keep history alive for our future.